third installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review and discuss movies, trailers, TV shows, and everything else pop culture. In today's episode, we'll be sharing our thoughts on the season finale of Disney Plus's original series, Ahsoka. My name is Ivan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and Supreme Dungeon Master, Emmett. All right, roll a 13 for an attack. Seven for defense. So, <laughs> I don't know talk, how it works. We talked D&D a bit before, <laughs> right? But, like, have, I you've never played it. No, I have no idea how it works. I have I have played D&D before, but I still... I, I think most of it is, like custom kind of like you create the, your own scenarios thing but i know people have a book i just don't know the like yeah. beyond that it's, it's beyond me i saw a great like for some reason it appears on my instagram feed for uh, suggestions and i saw one that was like somebody built this spiraling staircase for you to drop the dice into and a couple dice spit out to the players and a couple dice spit out to the dealer or to the dungeon master I I love the ingenuity in that crowd. It's very cool. I thought you were about to mention a video that I saw this morning, which was also on my Instagram suggestions, but it was about the positive effects of D&D in the prison system. No, we have slightly different algorithms. (laughs) We went on different tangents there. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but I get a lot of prison stories on on my algorithm feed, so I guess I'm liking too much prison related content. You can never like too much. Did you see that like <laughs> the that alert that went out a few maybe it was like last week uh, to test the security system on the phones? Like outed some prisoners having phones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Dude, that thing has been a source of of conversation. That was terrifying. It was so loud. I knew it was coming, but it caught me off guard. I was in the middle of a conference call with a client, and how would you know it's coming? Well, because they had announced that they were going to test it on on that day, but and I read this article and but I don't think they maybe they did and I just didn't read on it, but I don't remember them specifying a time. Amber alerts always freak me out, so this was like ten times that, because um, it was coming from my end and from from the client's end. So we're both like, "Who is it? You?" <laughs> we're both trying to figure out who's. <laughs> Whose phone is buzzing in the middle of our our big uh, our big pitch here? Just the entire U.S. was under attack by our cell phones. You mean the entire U.S. activated the little microchips from the vaccine? <laughs> that could be it. Don't joke. That, that's serious. Personally speaking, my 5G has never been more like five bar Me. than it is since that alert came out. So so many so many G's. Yeah, so many G's, man. Like, listen, if the government is dropping software updates like that on me, I'm fine with it. As long as you don't disturb me and I don't have to click yes every time. Yeah, as long as I can stream Twitch and play, like, my mini golf game on my other app at the same time. Oh, dude, yes. If I can play Royal Flush or what was it? (laughs) The thing where you try to save the king. You know what I'm talking about. It's one of those ads. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Royal flush. I'm not, I think that's what it's called. Isn't it's it? literally him in like a toilet. You're right. <laughs> that is a weird I, ad. I hate those games. I love those games at the same time. <laughs> time waster. I, it's literally never what you download, though. It's not. They advertise a totally different game, and neither look good. <laughs> well, listen, I always get frustrated by the ones where like it's like the 
I don't even what I don't even know what you call it. It's like Castle Run or like what do they call it when you're going through the whole maze thing? But like, so Temple Run. Ca- Temple Run. There you go. Castle Run. What am I doing? You idiot. Learn and, your uh, game. <laughs> learn your mobile <laughs> game, sir. Or don't host a podcast at all. <laughs> <laughs> My credibility out the window. You just outed yeah. yourself as a non-gamer. <sighs> Listen, I love I love gaming. No, I love games. Fortnite mares, the best time of year. I love Fortnite mares. Also, I'm pretty sure I have a couple of popular mobile games here. Not not Candy Crush anymore, of course. I play Wordle once a week with a random stranger from Syria. Good for you, man. Look at you being worldly. Wordly. <laughs> but anyways. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway. Um yeah. I didn't put anything really down concretely on my wall, but you got anything that's popped up over the last uh, two weeks that we haven't chatted? I'm in a rewatch phase right now. Um, and currently I'm rewatching Mad Men. Love Mad Men. I just need a little Don Draper in my life, you know? I just watch it for the misogyny. Love yeah, it. Yeah, oh, love it. Uh, oh, no, I don't. Uh, not what I meant. Um, <laughs> I, I saw Barbie. <laughs> no, I saw Barbie I feel opening like, weekend. So. I feel like this is still like. This is a top three show for me all time. It's that it's like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. I think are my three. I never saw it until after it completed its run, and then I, maybe it's because you know we were both working in coupon slash advertising for yeah. For a it bit. felt too I, real. It felt a bit yeah on the nose. Well, it felt like what we wanted. Like we just wanted to be drinking at work, but we weren't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I kind of got there's moments that on Mythic Quest that have gotten kind of real work wise. Yeah. Especially with the HR character <laughs> from, the, from the show. I, I appreciate it, but there's moments where I'm like, yeah, you spot on what I feel like working for a tech company at the moment. So, um, but it, it, yeah, some of these shows are have definitely built themselves up to be um, kind of mainstays. Dude, what's that one that blew up recently? on netflix suits like apparently it's gotten so popular on the rewatch now that they're contemplating bringing it back yeah that was out for a while i think just because it went on netflix and people like needed background noise that they just started streaming it yeah well i didn't realize there were some people that i didn't know were on there like uh prince harry's wife what's her name Meghan markle apparently she was a a big character in the beginning of of the series I haven't watched it though. I don't know, have you? No, I never got into suits, uh, nor did I even try. But yeah, Mad Men. I I feel like I'm catching. Not that I missed stuff on the first watch, but I think it's just like a nice reminder of like really seeing Don as like a pathetic character, as opposed to this like titan of like industry and manliness. Well, he goes through so many relationships too over the course <laughs> it's of the show. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> He keeps like promising to himself, like I want to do better, and then it's just like uh, one pretty girl smiles at him. He's like, "All right, I'm back out on that." <laughs> he actually he loses out on a lot of like solid women to like like relationship wise that are like there, you know. And he just like messes it up. There's something about that though that I feel like those shows are the most entertaining to watch. Is like the character that's like so flawed that he messes up his life continually over and over. Yeah, similar it's... to Breaking Bad. It's like rooting for him and then after a certain point you're like oh no <laughs> you're right. actually the bad guy 
maybe that maybe I like shows where the main character is a villain. I mean, they kind of make it a Daenerys? little bit more compelling, to be honest. Yeah, but you you have nothing on your wall. Your your uh, straw wall, if you were a few <laughs> little pigs. I'm reusing something from the last couple of weeks, but like, uh, we're recording this on the 11th. Tomorrow kicks off New York Comic Con. And so the next four days, I'll be over there. Try, you know, doing my best to absorb as much as I can. My plan this year is to go to as many panels, get as many autographs as I can, um, just so I could avoid going to the show floor and buying unnecessary stuff that I don't need. <laughs> You'll do both. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll probably overspend still, but that's it's it's the goal to not do that. What's the lineup looking like? So tomorrow, I'm basically this. Well, this is what I think is going to happen. I'm pretty sure my full day is going to be taken up by waiting in line to meet and get an autograph for um, uh, Mr. Ewan McGregor or Obi Wan Kenobi. Hello there. Hello there, indeed. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for it. This is one of those things where you pay a little bit of a premium, obviously, to like meet these celebrities. But um, his in particular, it was him and Chris Evans are the two big headliners for New York Comic Con. And to be totally honest with you, between the two of them, Ewan McGregor was the only option for me, just because Chris Evans seems like a nice guy. But I feel like... I'm not that big. Like when it comes to my Marvel fandom or my Star Wars fandom, it's probably Star Wars probably outweighs everything else. Um, and it was such a big staple in my childhood to see those prequel movies. So that that's where I spent my money on. I think it was like some it was a little over two hundred bucks for for an autograph, which is crazy money. Um, Wait, you have to pay you and two hundred dollars to get pay you and two hundred bucks, man. That I'm sorry, but no. Listen, listen. I normally am fully, fully against that too, but you're gonna pay two hundred dollars, yes, for an autograph experience. you can forge. I mean, I haven't seen this autograph, so I don't know if it could be forged like that. Google but... Images. I'm sure it's up there. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Ivan. Do you it just is. hand him cash? What do you? What's the transaction like? You write so, a personal check. So he's supposed to reach into my pocket and take out the cash himself. Oh, all right, that's worth the two hundred. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I thought too. Yeah. yeah. Check the back pocket. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the other pocket. Sorry, <laughs> sir. I meant the front pocket. <laughs> keep keep trying. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not big on getting celebrity autographs. When I have, it's been through like the work that I've done before and just casually been like, hey, do you mind signing this playbook or do you mind signing this script or whatever? Whatever the playbook. heck I had on it. Who are you who are you getting an autograph from? John Madden. Oh yes, totally. <laughs> hey, I have my playbook. <laughs> they give you these like copies on set of like what you're supposed to do for the day, and that's what they call the playbook. Mm. It sounds like these little pamphlets, um, especially if you're gripping or anything like that. But um, so I've gotten some of those over the years, and obviously I haven't paid anything. So that's why I've been against you know paying anything to meet one of these celebrities. And also, most of the Comic Con guests, you're paying like twenty, maybe thirty bucks. You know, it's not that big of a a thing but with a big with big time celebrities they always charge a big fee which you know again i've always been adamantly against it but ewan mcgregor never goes into convention circuits so i, I figured you know what no i'm gonna try it this time you know what no 
<laughs> do you get a few minutes with them, like to chat? Yeah. Yeah. You got like, like when I say a few, how many do you get? <laughs> a passing. Hey there. Depends. So that's that's the thing. Like th- last year last year there was a couple of like there were a couple of the way that they handled it and i don't know if it was like because it was peak pandemic or anything like that but they normally give you anywhere from like five to 15 minutes and they give you a time slot so they're supposed to give you a time for when you go up to the table and you spend some time with them either have a quick chat or whatever whatever it is that you want you know but they did not do that at least for me this time like i didn't get a time slot or anything so i feel like it's going to be very transactional this like there'll be a big line then you'll go up and meet him and exchange a few words have whatever it is you want so yeah which i you know that's the type of experience that i don't necessarily ultimately like like i like going for like an experience but you know for this kind of thing i don't know i i, I thought it was worth it for you and mcgregor I'm judging for, you and not most, silently. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> for most of the situations, I feel like I I definitely would pass just because it's it's overinflated and unless you're doing like a group picture with friends and meeting a celebrity that way, then I think that might be worth it, right? You split it between a couple folks. Um, but when if it's when it's just you and an autograph, it's kind of a hard sell. But with this type of situation, I feel like there's certain actors that I would do that for. Who else? But yeah, that that's the big event for me for for Thursday. Uh, Friday, there's a lot of panels coming out. There's a premiere for the Chucky series that has come out on I think it's, I want to say FX. I could be wrong. Um, there's a couple different other things going on too. There's a Marvel Comics panel. Uh, there is also a let's see. There's a lot. <laughs> Um, oh, there's a exclusive look at some upcoming Disney Plus shows going on throughout the weekend. I think the one that I have reservations for is for like, uh, I think it's Percy Jackson on Disney Plus. The Nicolas Cage movie? No. <laughs> what? Didn't he do Percy Jackson? No, I don't think he did. I think he did. Um... What's Percy Jackson adjacent? I don't know. I don't think I don't think he did. I don't think he did Percy Jackson though. Ah, uh, right. Sunday there's a this is so the one that I was interested in. Here, I just pulled up my thing. So there's a Dragon Ball panel, a Ewan McGregor panel spotlight thing tomorrow. Plus somewhere in between their the autograph session. And then the Walking Dead uh, premiere and panel to cap off the day. Uh, then Friday, I got season three premiere of Chucky at 6.45. So that kind of ends up that day. There's a sneak peek at the original series on Disney Plus for Goosebumps, which piqued my interest because I used to be such a like avid Goosebumps uh, reader when I was a kid. Then a spotlight with Chris Evans on Saturday. Uh, Scott Pilgrim takes off. I think it's also like a premiere and a panel for that one. Uh, then a look into One Piece. I think it's a Netflix one. And I get Percy Jackson. 
but also Sunday morning, um, a, a a look. I think I'm not sure if it's the full episode, but I think there's a a pretty extensive look at the Godzilla Monarch show that's coming out on on Apple Plus. So that one piqued my interest. But that's more or less the lineup that I got for the next couple of days. The the only thing I overspent on was that Ewan McGregor autograph. Well, I'm happy that you're happy. Even though it seems like a waste of time and money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good experience, I feel like. Well, the the con, the con. I I don't know about the autograph thing. Again, I don't. I'm not a big fan about waiting in line to. I mean, I'll be jealous that you got his autograph and I don't. So maybe that's also where. So here, here's a, here's a question that you can help me solve. If you were to get an autograph from you and McGregor, would you rather him sign? Because I have a Funko Pop that I'm thinking he might sign, or yes, the popsicle, (laughs) or um, a VHS copy of Phantom Menace, or a DVD of Moulin Rouge. Hmm. I'd get him to sign. Uh. Or have him sign my chest, and then I'll tattoo it onto myself. Yeah, that's a possibility. I'd have him sign like <laughs> "Infinite Jest" by David Foster Wallace. Oh, it's <laughs> like a real random thing, but to show him that you're educated and that you read a really big book. It sparks an entire conversation. It just takes up 15 minutes to slow down. Never know. <laughs> I gotta find just... my copy of "Infinite Jest." <laughs> <laughs> I think that could work. That'd be unique. You'd be like, you intentionally brought that with you. It wasn't like you just were walking around carrying that and you ran into him. And had him sign the first thing. That's true. And it's unexpected. That that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Unexpected, it makes no sense. That's the area you want to live in of that Venn diagram. Mr. Ewan, sir, I love your work on Star Wars and all the other films, but have you read Infinite Jest? <laughs> <laughs> there there's your five minutes of talking. You can just be like, All right, I'll start reading it with you. Signs it but keeps my copy. <laughs> Ooh. Uh yeah, I probably would go with the Funko Pop. Yeah, I think I would too. Is it I'm, him? I'm, yeah, is it, it's it's of him. Is it Venom? <laughs> it's like a random <laughs> pop having nothing to do with his work. I love doing a random thing. I think that's like the funniest thing you could do. They did one of Jesus Christ, and I was kind of thinking of taking <laughs> the Funko Pop of Jesus Christ and having him sign. Yeah, scratch everything. Print out a picture of Jesus Christ. <laughs> And frame it, and then bring it over to ha- have him sign it. I would. I mean, I'm tempted. Honestly. <laughs> but have him sign it as Jesus. I just wish I had something cooler that he could sign. You know, like I don't know, a lightsaber or something. Ivan, I'll I'll spill the beans here, and I'll give you some hard truth. There's nothing cool about this. There's nothing <laughs> cool to get signed. So, <laughs> why don't you sign the thing that could make the most value to get your two hundred dollars back? <laughs> and and more and more. The signed Funko Pop goes for like six hundred bucks. Yeah, why don't you do that so that you can actually sleep at night knowing that <laughs> okay, it's an investment. All right, there you there you go. That, 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 that's that's what I I'll do. I can't believe you're doing this though, but I, it, it's I yeah, I I want a full report afterwards. I will. I'll let you know how he smells like, too. Assuming my sense of smell is, is still intact I tomorrow. Bet he, I bet he's great. I, I bet he smells like a combination of Old Spice and 
a hint of just for men. No, he's like he's like Mitchums and like lobsters. And like wood shavings. Just just oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. And that beard, right? Like for yeah. sure. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what what are we here today to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The finale of Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yay. Ahsoka. Uh, so where do we begin with this? I watched it a week ago. We begin, um, first off, I think, I guess, like, now that we've seen everything, what are your overall thoughts without any big spoilers? The best Star Wars show they've made. But this wasn't my favorite episode. This wasn't your favorite episode? Was not. Okay. But this is my favorite show. Yeah, I think... I think this probably is up there. I feel like this and Mando season two are like probably the best content we've gotten out of Lucasfilm. No, you have to pick one. It's the world we live in. I'd probably choose this then, honestly. Yeah. Because I, I feel like on the scale of wins versus losses, this probably has more wins than. This has no losses. And this is also like all that payoff for watching Clone Wars and Rebels, putting in the work. Yeah, this is the ultimate like Star Wars fanboys dream or or girl or person or star person, Star Wars yeah. per, fan person. Yeah, fandom, star person wars. You, they them pronounless. We're person. covered. Yes. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> just want to make sure we address it all. Um, <clears throat> that that being said, I think that it's kind of exclusive to us in that way. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I feel like this might be some of the disconnect with some of the discontent that I've seen across social media. That being said, I I think a lot of the criticism that has been aimed at the show is kind of, you know, um, pointless in a way. Uh, but I do think, and my biggest nitpick with the show is that the same thing that I love about it is also the thing that kind of becomes a bit of a crutch for it. And that's that I'm able to enjoy it because I know all this other background stuff. I've seen Rebels, I've seen Clone Wars, I've seen, you know, basically everything, even even the really crappy stuff like Resistance. Um, and so there's there's big payoffs for all that stuff here. But for any casual watcher, I think, I struggle to kind of think how they would find this as enjoyable as I did. I feel like they would probably be nitpicking a lot of things. And that's just because I think this show does one bad sin um, in media that I feel like it could have avoided a little bit. And that's that it does not reintroduce these characters to us at all. It just kind of starts. And if you know the background of the characters, fantastic. If you don't, I think even through all these episodes, you're still left wondering who these characters really are. Um, so that's that's my big that's the one big criticism I have of the show that I think it, it it didn't really handle all that well. Can I make a counterpoint to that? Yes. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but like if you're saying praise Filoni, go watch his other work. 
go watch Clone Wars, go watch Rebels. It's worth it. Like, it, this isn't Marvel. This isn't what they're trying to do, where they're just trying to make a huge library of content to say, pick and choose. And they kind of, like, Star Wars has kind of done that, where you can pick and choose. Like, you don't have to watch Andor, but you can if you want. And you don't really need other stuff. But, like, all of this is in some way built off of the original or the prequel or the sequel trilogies. Like, there has to be some homework involved. And I'm fine with that because I did the homework. If you're not fine with it, go do the reading. Should have read. <laughs> At least do the spark notes. I don't know what you want from All me. you <laughs> sitting in the back. You should have read. <laughs> Learn how to yeah. cheat. Like, there's YouTube videos that you could watch to be like, what happened in Rebels? And they'll break it down for you in like 10 minutes. Like, that's all you need to do. And I agree. Like, yeah, there can be like, there you you don't have to just be like, what if Thrawn returns? Oh my gosh, no. But like, you should explain who he was. But also like, I don't care about those people. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars fans give like care more than uh, Marvel fans, I think. Like most of the fans watching this show watched the some amount of the series before. Like I had a friend who watched part of the Clone Wars series, didn't watch Rebels, and was like, "I get the idea of like who Ahsoka is, and that's all I really needed to get into this." Yeah, I, I agree, and that's why I kind of struggle with like whether it's legitimate. Like the thing is, like I think from a technical standpoint, I feel like the criticism is valid in terms of like other audience members being lost. That being said, like I said, like, like you said, nobody's tuning into a show called Ahsoka, right? Because there's no star Wars logo on any of it. So like, you have to know more or less who this character is the same thing for Andor. And I think it reflects in the, uh, the, 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 the viewing numbers, the viewership totals for, for these shows, even something like Mandalorian that started with like such a low, ish number compared to what you would think star wars would pull and that's because if you don't have the star wars tag to it then it doesn't draw the casuals over as much as anything else does so i'm not surprised that andor and ahsoka have been like the lower uh viewership numbers but that being said i think and the same i I think the same is kind of true for some of the animated stuff i don't know about you but i think that um from what i've seen once those animated shows went to netflix they blew up in a way that like I feel like a lot more people saw them then than saw them when they were actually airing. Yeah, that's how I watched them. Yeah, and, and I think that that's, that kind of goes to show, too, like you said, that this is a franchise that's a lot more, I guess, fan-focused and fan-driven in that regard. I, I Like I said, though, I still I understand why casual viewers will have more issues with this um i get it and i i and to some extent i kind of agree that from a story perspective they should reintroduce stuff and it doesn't really all take all that much it's just more so like the little nitpicky stuff like for example um i think we could get into spoilers right at this point (laughs) let's go for it the mention of uh the falling out between sabine and ahsoka right there was no reason for us to wait until the last episode to find out that uh, Sabine's family was destroyed or killed in the in the Mandalorian purge. Purge. 
And that's why Ahsoka held back on training her back because she thought she would use it for vengeance. I, I feel like it would have been even heavier if we knew that episode two or episode one. I feel like that establishing that would have gotten rid of a lot of the some of the people being like, oh, well, why is she behaving a certain way? Why is she making certain decisions? It just might have, you know, kind of quelled some of those um, issues. That, but again, like that's that's a bit of a nitpick. It's like, well, you well that can go either way. Like, yeah, yeah, that that could either be where it does create more drama later on because that scene where she's like deciding if she should go with Balin or not, that would have been more impactful if we knew ahead of time that she might turn to the dark side in some way. Yeah, but I, I don't have a problem with them telling us later because we still get some of that drama. But I agree. Yeah, there, there there were some small missteps, but not enough to be like to really knock this series down. Yeah, opinion. no, no. I think the the wins are substantially heavier than 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 the than the losses here. Um, as a finale, you mentioned it's not your favorite episode, but is that like like if you were to rank all of these, would the finale be at the bottom of that list or? It's still better than a couple of the episodes during this season. Or I guess what what is it about it that disappointed you in some regards? Not a disappointment. I think it's like a one A to one B type of thing. Um I haven't really ranked within the series where each lies, but I think the flashback episode was my favorite where she's in the world between worlds. Yeah, I think that might be mine too. It's I think just... visually it's just it's a masterpiece. Like it, it's the payoff episode for watching all those old series. I think even if you didn't watch those old series, that's like a perfect episode for catching people up on like who is Ahsoka and what does she mean to Anakin, and you know, like it really drives home that like we talked about that episode. It, it really drives home every aspect of like she's a teenager learning to be a Jedi in a time of war. I wish they would have done something about that council where she was found guilty but not guilty and then that was when she decided to walk away wish they would have done a little bit more on that just because that's a very important part uh for her guilt that she carries around yeah the other thing too is like i i was kind of surprised they didn't show us anything of um anakin and ahsoka directly or, like or even like Ezra and Ahsoka like that could also make it more impactful for when they actually go find Ezra yeah yeah because they're essentially retelling the whole thing I would have loved to have seen the Vader Ahsoka fight in live action at least glimpses of it yeah in the same flashback style because uh, that's one piece that I feel like you know obviously it's like directly tied to the reason why she's still kicking during this time um, but you know, you know what, like, the, the thing that really got me of this show that I feel like no other show, the, the TV stuff that they've done has touched on, and that's the mythology of Star Wars, right? Because, like, Mandalorian was very much, like, bounty hunter in the galaxy, small-scale story. Season 2 started getting a little bit more, and then season 3 was was very, like, lore-based, but nothing is really touched on, like, the myths of the forest and all that stuff until this show. And I think it ties back to a lot of the stuff that George Lucas laid out 
in the Clone Wars. I was very happy to see them take that step into Mortis, which they were going to do for the last movie in the sequel trilogy. It was supposed to be completely about the Mortis gods before it got scrapped and turned into Rise of Skywalker. But I'm glad that they're taking those steps to go into it. They're embracing the animation stuff and tying some loose ends up. Um, the thing that disappointed me about the finale, and, and I'm a little mixed on this because I think I, I have a feeling that certain things were cut or scrapped because of the passing of Ray Stevenson. The fact yeah. that there was little to no resolution or clarification as to what Balin and Shin are doing. Like, Balin throughout the entire show, like, it seems like he's after something. We never got any answers on it besides a hint of, like, it has something to do with the Mortis gods. But besides speculation, we have no idea what he's after. Yeah. And then Shin, the very weird choice of, like, ditching her. It kind of came out of left field for me because I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Why? Um, so I feel like those two were, were probably the most interesting villains that we've gotten out of any of these TV shows. Uh, but Interesting, just... but also kind of a little bit of a letdown for that reason. Yeah. Not that like you can use that as a cliffhanger for where is he going next? But yeah, there's no buildup of who they were. So it's hard to be like, let's leave it off with let's care about where they're going. If, if we don't yeah. have that in like that buildup of this, this is why we should care about them. Then it, it is a little difficult to be like, I, I don't need to look forward to their plot next season. If we're not going to fully flesh that out. Yeah. Like I would have loved to have known what they were doing during the Imperial times. Cause clearly they're bounty hunters in this era, but like, were they okay during the empire? Like what did they do? Yeah. During that well, era. And even if we just, like, I, I think it's weird that Shin gets left behind. Um, yeah. To Very. just, like, hang out with the Marauders. Uh, I know she, like, quote-unquote, failed in her mission. But to Thrawn's point, like, that's a successful failure that they needed. They just needed time to um, have the evacuation. So it would have been more interesting to see her come back with Thrawn and him use her as, like, you know, another piece on the chessboard for the war. And that's what I thought they were going to do, was like she was going to make it back, and maybe there's like a standoff between her and Sabine, or her and Ezra, and that leads to something. I, I don't know, I just thought there would be more to her, especially. With, with Ray Stevenson's character, with, with Balin, I, I have a feeling that stuff was cut because of his passing. Yeah. And, you know, clearly they have to recast for this. Yeah. It'd be a shame to just leave the character there and just never answer what's going on with him. Hear me uh, out, Henry Cavill. Maybe too young. <laughs> you know, I was thinking Sean Bean or. Oh yeah. Well, then he'll definitely die. Well, I mean, is there any other route? I want to keep him? this guy alive. <laughs> I want to see Sean Bean be a villain. You know. And like, live. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's just stuff that I feel like with those two characters. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were interesting, but to your point. They were definitely a bit underwhelming, and again, it's because we just don't. the 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 build up to them was basically, "Hey, they're mysterious, and they're after something." We're just not going to tell you. You just have to like, yes. Yeah, the the entire plot around caring about them was built around like, Balin is a good foe for 
Ahsoka skill level wise, and Sabine is not very skilled, so she could lose to Shin, which she did, which she survived or came back from, <laughs> which was a lot of criticism there. But that was the reason why people were like, this is an interesting pairing because it's a solid 2v2. Um, but now it's like that side's broken up and then our side's kind of left behind. So you could take it in a lot of interesting directions in a second season. So I'm not going to give up hope on it, but it is hard to be like, I, I'm going to stay tuned over the break until the next season comes out. Yeah. I did enjoy that little twist, though, that Ahsoka and Sabina stranded on Peridia, where Thrawn makes it back. Just because, like, of course Thrawn was going to make Ezra. it back. And yeah, Ezra. Yeah, yeah, Ezra made it back, too, which I like that reunion between him and Hera. Although I know I I would have loved for Zeb to be on that ship, too, because yeah, we know he's out there. Bad? Yeah, I don't know what you run out of CGI budget. Right, right. (laughs) Too many night troopers. Um, Also, are the night troopers all dead, or is it just a few of them? That was so confusing. My guess is that they were like, they were dead soldiers on the ship that Ezra launched to here, and the night sisters helped resurrect them. There was a line that Ezra said that Thrawn awoke the night sisters. So yeah, I would have loved to have seen a little bit of that and just like why they're in debt, like basically in servitude to, to Thrawn. Yeah, here's another issue that I was thinking about is that like we had the we had a blank canvas coming to a totally different galaxy, and it feels a little cheap or weird that we end up recreating the same world. Or a very familiar world over here, where it's oh, this is a Night Sisters castle, and like I don't know, I don't, and I also don't know how you make it very unique or different because Star Wars is a world, is a universe of very different species. So maybe it's unrealistic expectations, but it is interesting that they chose to go with a familiar foe as the dominant species on this planet yeah i was surprised by that too there was supposed to be like in the books i know there's a whole thing about the other galaxy and this like race of aliens that are immune to the force like that's where i thought this was heading and then when there was the night sisters don't get me wrong i liked it i liked the visuals of it but i was also kind of like well we've seen them before you know like i would love to see something a little bit fresh um that said, I th- I think the introduction of the new galaxy itself sets the door wide open for a lot of different other stories uh, taking place in this new galaxy, maybe. I mean... Well, the, the only map is destroyed, so... True. <laughs> but there, we can always find another, am I well, right? <laughs> there's the Nava computer in that giant ring. You could get the coordinates off of that thing, you know, oh. technically. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it would be you know. it would be cool to explore this more, but and it kind of raises a point of like maybe we just leave the empire to have the galaxy that they think is theirs, and everyone else just come, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we take Bikini Bottom and move it over there? <laughs> Let's push it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I, I think 
I hope that they, this isn't the end of the whole like other galaxy thing. Because I would love to see that built up a little bit more. I know they have the whole Dawn of the Jedi thing coming with the director of Logan. Uh, the, the that's supposed to tell the tale of the first Jedi. Maybe we have that set in that new galaxy. Maybe that's why they're doing this. Um, the Mortis gods. You know, like I hope there's stuff that they want to tell with this new galaxy besides just like the Ahsoka stuff. Because while I was excited about the new galaxy this season, it was just a backdrop. You know, it wasn't like a, oh, let's explore all this cool and mysterious new stuff. It just felt like, oh, well, it's just another planet. Um, but I, I think there's more substance to it. It's just, they just, they were painting a broad strokes here versus filling in all the detail. Um, which is, it's fine if, if we know we're going to get another season, which leads me to another thing, which for up until the last week, they were promoting this last episode as a series finale for Ahsoka. And then officially they changed it to the season finale. Because I mean, like the way it ends. Let's be honest; it's it's, it's asking for a second season, um, which I hope it gets. But in today's world, I I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of you know what ifs flying around right now around Hollywood. But um, yeah, it just it seemed like the season was definitely not self-contained. So in in one way or the other, we have to get some sort of resolution pretty quickly because it seems like strike while the iron is hot type of situation. Uh, instead of leaving this for another, like I, I think if I were Lucasfilm, I'd be looking at pumping out season two of this before I pump out season two or three or whatever else you got in the pipeline. I think also fans are pretty hungry for more of their favorite uh, legacy characters, so giving us Luke Skywalker in this kind of makes sense. Um, it'd be interesting to see like the progression of where he's at if he's built that school. By now, I think that's what he was trying to accomplish there in the Mando season that he appeared in. Yeah, with those spider-like robots. Yeah. Look at him using free labor. AI, AI takes over everything. Yeah, that's why we're. Yeah. That's why we striked. <laughs> Struck. Um, one thing that okay, so like the, the fight sequences for this show. Yeah, these Actually, these are great. Yeah, I, I thought they were too. I know there were some protests about like, oh, these aren't like the prequel fight scenes. Well, yeah, for a number of different reasons. <laughs> um, I think the high-octane choreography from the prequels has a lot more to do with the technical differences than it does with anything else. Because I think that... Um, well, I don't know. So the way that they, they used to rotoscope the sabers, so they would fight with little thin steel beams. Yep. Um, but now they fight with actual sabers that light up the the character so that they can use that for reference. Um, I think that's doing a limitation. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those in like a, a live setting or anything, but like they're, they're heavy. Those prop sabers are heavy, so I I think it's hard enough to move in that Ahsoka getup. So to add weight onto that, I'm sure is like a little bit debilitating. But for what that, but because of those circumstances, I'm impressed at what they were able to pull off. Because this was very high energy, especially the rematch between Ahsoka and uh, Morgan. R.I.P. Morgan. She was done so dirty by Thrawn. Yeah, she made a life pledge and immediately 
gave it up. It's like they knew they were tricking her or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I think also the other thing is too that like Filoni is directing this. He wasn't in charge of the prequels. I think he really draws his inspiration from the original trilogy and views Star Wars in this either a Western role, like uh, like Westerns, not like Western culture, but uh, like a gunslinger attitude or like samurai culture where he really you know, was inspired by those and wants to, that's his style of directing and shooting. So it, it's, I'm fine with how these were played out because Ahsoka, she was a high octane person in the Clone Wars animated series, but she also walked away from the Jedi Order and like, you know, kind of turned away from that lifestyle. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that she now takes a more modest approach to her fighting styles. Ezra has been disconnected from the Force for however many years he's been out here. Like. Th- these fights make sense to me. Yeah, and I think it was covered too when Balin was telling Shen that they're all part of this generation of Vulcan Jedi, as he called them, or like, you know, Jedi that were just kind of bootleg trained. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it was. They have no formal training, so... And ah- Ahsoka does, but like, to some extent. You know, she obviously didn't complete it. Yeah. Um, I, so... I thought the... Here's something that I, I want to touch on because uh, the the whole Sabine being force sensitive thing seems to be like a touchy subject in social media. She's like that, Ray. She figured it out. She figured it out. <laughs> well, I I I think to me the force moment when she pulls the saber to her and is able to save herself from the the death trooper, ironically enough, because he was dead. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was a cool moment. I thought it was a deserved moment because this whole time she's been struggling with it, right? So, But she's been yeah. working at it little by little. Um, the only one where I thought, okay, maybe we're stretching it a bit, is that all of a sudden she can force push force Ezra push onto the... Ezra, onto, yeah. yeah. What were yeah. your thoughts on it, though? Well, I agree. I think the pulling the lightsaber is like a rite of passage for Star Wars. It's very Luke in Hoth-esque, I think. That that's just a classic scene that should always be done, in my opinion. It's like tell, talking about Uncle Ben and your Spider-Man, you know. Uh, but I agree. I think the confidence was a little too high for her to be like, "Here's the plan we're doing, Ezra. Like, trust me, you jump and I'll push you." Because um, it also like just barely worked. Yeah. And it seems like a little bit of a leap. That that being said, I didn't have that big of a problem. Like I didn't equate it to like Ray knowing how to Jedi mind trick all of a sudden. You know, even though like we never saw her right any of that. Sabine is at least training in the arts of Jedi. Like, sure that might not have been a lesson that Ahsoka was teaching her, but it's she like it's like taking base basic science or basic chemistry and then yeah. you know, trying to do a your own science project. So I get it. And I'm okay with it. It it does feel a little quick for that progression, but I'm also not going to nitpick like that. I like how they showed some of the like, even from from like a technical standpoint, they're still reminding you that Sabine is a novice at this, where she's starting to deflect blaster bolts, but every couple blaster bolts or so, she just goes in and uses her her armor to block it. 
which kind of shows like yeah she's growing a little bit more confident in it but she, she's still you know not the best four Caesar out there well i also view that as like a just like a mandalorian being a jedi like how would a mandalorian do this they would use all their classic fighting techniques and then mix in lightsaber combat like that's exactly how i picture like Bo-Katan using the dark saber she has her own little like personal shield on her wrist that she kind of inter interweaves into her fighting style so i i like that aspect of don't forget that you're a mandalorian first and then learning the ways of the jedi yeah yeah true um you kind of brushed over uh the whole morgan dying i kind of want to go back to that just because this is a character that we yeah, we started caring about a little bit more, uh, not caring for, but caring about her plotline more because she's been the key to this whole reason why they're why Thrawn's even in the discussion. Like she, you know, had the interactions with Ahsoka and uh, Din, Jaren, and Mandalorian. She broke out of prison. She uh, tracked down the way to find Thrawn. She, you know, orchestrated this coup or betrayal by the Empire spies within the network to build a machine that can get them there. Like, she's a very important character. And in one episode, just gets, like, thrown away. She was the ultimate pick-me-girl for Thrawn. And <laughs> she lived and died by that by that same vein. <laughs> um, she, even, she even gets that, like, that sword... Like you think, oh, she's leveling up. She's completing si- so many side quests that now she gets her XP. And then, nope, sorry, this is your final campaign. This is what happens when you don't save your progress before you fight the boss. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Morgan. Yeah. Um, she got the Blade of Talzin, which is that little sword that Mother Talzin's fighting Mace Windu with in that episode of Clone Wars. Oh, that's where I knew the name. I, I couldn't remember, though. That's Okay, that's cooler. That's why I thought she was going to live for, for, for a bit. I was like, okay, she's going to get stuck in there with Ahsoka. Um, but mind you, she she RIP to Ahsoka's little Shoto blade because that thing got destroyed by the Night Sister sword. That entire fight was so beautifully choreo- like choreographed that I feel like that's one of those things where I'm like, if anybody has a problem with the speed of that duel, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's as good as yeah. it's going to get with the technical aspects of this show. Um, I felt bad for her, too. I, I personally would have not liked to have her killed off. Uh, I thought she was a very interesting character and a nice foil for Ahsoka. Um, and also, had she survived, we probably would have seen more Night Sister magic and shenanigans in the next season. Because they're apparently in a world that's super, super in touch with the Force. Yeah, but um, that, that building did get bombed. Well, yeah, but I'm sure <laughs> it's a whole planet. I'm sure there's other places that are... I don't know. That was like the crypt and like the center city or beacon of their power. So, But it, it is interesting. She is like an interesting character in that sense of we never see her using Night Sister magic. So it would have been interesting to leave her behind to go the, in the same way that Luke and Ray seek out the Jedi text, like her to seek out the Night Sister text or whatever might be there, learn the ways of that side, 
and find a way back only for Ahsoka to like kind of latch onto that plan and come back with her. I thought it was a little like messed up that the Night Sisters knew that she was probably going to oh, fight yeah. it and were totally fine with it. I'm curious to see why they're serving Thrawn at any capacity, just given the fact I, that I feel like it's just self serving, right? Like his promise was to bring them back to the universe they're familiar with and reinstitute Dothamir. Like that's where they pull up at the end, right? Yeah. I guess they can always bring Morgan back too, because the resurrection is their thing. Yeah, something tells me that like they don't want anyone to know about the power or ability to go to a different galaxy. I kind of get the feeling that these star charts and maps and all this are going to be destroyed. Yeah, true. For the same reason we talked, I brought up earlier of like, why doesn't the Republic just leave to a different galaxy? Like, I don't think they want people to leave. I think they want to rule by, you know, an iron fist. True. Although I have a feeling because of the nature of the show, the plot for the show, that that upcoming show with Jude Law, the skeleton crew thing, is probably going to yeah. delve into the whole hyperspace travel into other, like the unknown regions or somewhere far, farther beyond. Far, far, far away. Far, far away. I'm oh, sorry. I need Hu Yang to read some Star Wars books to us with that with that voice of his, because that's just like, yeah, soothing. Yeah, I, I, I that's probably the part I'm most interested in for the second season is watching Sabine's training now that she is, uh, fully committed to the the light side, and I think, um. Ahsoka is also seeing that and also going all in on that training. So seeing them two work together with Hu Yang there will be really cool to watch. I I love it. I also am kind of concerned just because as much as I don't want it to like be front of mind for me, the 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 outcome of the sequels is kind of like lurking in the back of my head. Because, like, we have all these cool characters. We have Ezra, we have Hera's son, we have Sabine, we have Ahsoka. Yeah. In my mind, they're either dead or something by the time, you know, the sequel trilogy rolls around. Right. Why wouldn't they be involved with right. the New Republic, which Ezra just rolled up too. So we know that yeah, this remnant will still be there for the sequel trilogy. I agree knowing the future kind of hurts the present in the same way when you watched the prequels as a kid you knew yoda was fine you knew obi-wan was fine so watching order 66 lost a little impact it surely was sad to watch all these jedi get murdered but it's like when it came time to yoda's turn you knew he wasn't dying yeah but i i also feel like that's maybe part of the reason why they set up this new galaxy too you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Dave Filoni just took the sandbox that was Star Wars and added another sandbox just a few feet away, you know, to just kind of <laughs> give them the whole space to be like, oh, yeah. well, these characters, they're over there, actually, while all this stuff is going on um, in the sequel trilogy, which I wouldn't be super opposed to. I just hope it makes sense story-wise. Yeah. Because uh, I'll be honest, like, like, having them around there I feel like it would make no sense to have Ezra and Ahsoka around by the time the sequels in in the main galaxy. If you tell me they went to like the other galaxy, cool, I'm fine with it. 
no issue. Otherwise, I'm like, where were you when Luke needed you? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. I'm mostly excited about about what this means, though, for the future. Like what these um, new additions to to the lore kind of get get to us. Um, and then, you know, as much as like I have my gripes about the sequels, I also kind of want them to fill in some of the holes for that for that story. So give us a little bit of background. Hopefully, at some point, we address you know Snoke as a political figure because he apparently somehow manipulated Leia's kid. So yeah. where is he? <laughs> is he part of the Imperial Remnant at this point? Is he still, you know? Right. Yeah, he's like a household name where it's Leia and Han discussing Snoke. Um, yeah. Filling Ben's head with ideas. It's like, how does, like, who is he as a character? Why is he deformed? Why, like, why is he so powerful in the dark arts or like in the dark side of the forest that um it, it, it he has to have this like meteoric rise if we don't get introduced to him soon um i, I think the thing i'm most looking forward to is of when or hopefully will they mingle these plots together where we've had a lot of development with the mandalorians in the mando series Sabine obviously getting back in touch with those roots of herself, but also with like the Jedi side. It would be really cool to see her come back, wield the dark saber as a as like a new potential candidate to lead the Mandalorians, or not even to lead, but kind of resurrect the idea that there could be a Jedi Mandalorian. Yeah. Or here here's a here's a twist for you. The Mandalorians all leave this galaxy to the new galaxy. They just got their planet back. Yeah, but it's like it's it's pretty crappy. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty Shiny. glassed up <laughs> with a really, <laughs> really weird atmosphere. Uh, Empire cleaned it up a bit on the on the uh, inside. Uh, oh, the plants are growing, guys. We can come back in. <laughs> <laughs> that still doesn't make sense to me. They're like, it just took genocide for these plants to grow <laughs> yeah uh yeah not every uh series makes a ton of sense but don't you want don't you want to see these plots like intermingle the luke aspect yeah. of yeah. mandalorian grogu what's din gonna do like how does this all pair with the new republic i have a feeling that Ahsoka season two is going to be pretty much Ahsoka in this new galaxy. Yeah. And we're not going to see any of the other characters at all. I feel like the other characters are going to be set up for the whole heir to the empire film that they're going to do. Um, but I mean, I don't know. There's a lot that they kind of have to cover in order to start integrating all that. I'm curious to see who the main character is going to be for this Dave Filoni film. Though. I have a feeling it's Ezra, just because he's back in the, the main universe. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, I want the original trilogy characters to feature in some capacity, and I hope they do recast them. I like, I like the CGI. It's just, I, I prefer, you know... A live actor bouncing yeah, off of somebody else. Yeah, to get rid yeah. of the limitations of the CGI. 
Yeah. I if we're doing predictions, I kind of feel like because we know that the New Republic loses or takes a step back to the First Order, I have a feeling that a lot of the energy of the new or the good guys is going to be Ahsoka trying to figure out how to get home, Ezra trying to, you know, persuade people to figure out the technology to get to this other universe, the actual like senators and council trying to figure out who's good and bad from the empire people that defected into their networks. And they're going to be so split up and scattered that Thrawn has an easy path forward because all he's focused on is how do I re-enter the war and win it. Yeah, and now he's got an army of Night Sister witches with him, presumably. And an unkillable army of stormtroopers. Yeah, they were kind of worthless, though, to be <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, they come back actually as zombies, which isn't a great uh, <laughs> function. <laughs> They're they're up and moving. It's better than laying down on the ground. That's true. That that surprised me because um, there was this horror book that came out right around the time that they sold uh, Star Wars to to Disney, and it was called Death Troopers. And the mm. cover is like a stormtrooper helmet with like a rotting uh, head underneath. And yeah. I read it and, and read like a like a Stephen King in space type of novel. Very very nice read. But I never thought I'd actually see an in-universe zombie stormtrooper, which which I'm glad to see. It. Uh, to to be honest, I kind I kind of like the visual, but it just does, didn't really. They're not as terrifying when you have a lightsaber in your hand, or you know, like it just doesn't make sense because some of them would come back to life, pick up the blaster, and keep shooting, and others would just rush at you. Yeah, but imagine that's like the power of three night sisters resurrecting them we saw how many caskets were in Thrawn's ship when he got away like he's gonna have a whole army of night sisters that who knows what you know destruction they can cause and havoc yeah it's a it's a very cool plot line to create uh for us to stay tuned on the thing i'm most looking forward to is the whole mortis stuff i don't know so like that last shot we see of, of balin He's yeah. uh, he's standing on top of the hand of the statue of the father from Mortis. You see the complete statue of the son with Sam Witwer's likeness, the actor that portrays him. And then there's the statue of the daughter, but her head is missing. To, to the right. Sexism. So, <laughs> <yeah>, misogyny. <laughs> um, but, but clearly, like, Ahsoka, Ahsoka sees Morai, the, the little owl, that just kind of, you know, obviously is going to indicate for her to follow her to that same spot. Um, the the last shot of this episode with Anakin's Force Ghost, um, I thought it was hilarious that it spawned a whole bunch of things being like, oh, well, Anakin has time to visit his apprentice, but not his son. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's doing both to some, to some degree. degree. <laughs> um, but I did think that... Um, I don't, I don't know how I, how I take it, because, like, are we supposed to then take that Anakin is now fulfilling that balance? Remember from Clone Wars when they wanted him to stay on the planet so that he could balance the daughter and the son? Is yeah. that happening? Or is there something else afoot? Like, I don't know. I, I like the ending. 
and I like the fact that his Force Ghost popped up. It just kind of got me thinking a lot of like what's to come with that whole Mortis stuff. Like, I hope we delve right into it, but I just wish they answered more of like what Balin was there for, you know? Yeah, he said more than once that there's a power hidden on this planet bigger than Thrawn, bigger than anything that anyone could imagine. But we have no idea what he's talking about. And even with that clue, there's a few speculations that kind of make sense. But is it worth kind of going into a tailspin on predictions for that? If, you know, usually when we predict things about Star Wars, they're not always accurate. It would be really cool to see an Anakin ghost and Qui-Gon ghost have a conversation in the afterlife. Like, sit down for a cup of coffee, chat it out. Like, remember how you thought I was the chosen one? I kind of was, but not in the way that you thought. (laughs) So, uh, it didn't quite go as planned. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. But I, I think that, um, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm psyched that we're bringing all this stuff in into live action. Um, I'm excited for it. I, I hope they do it justice. I kind of have a feeling we're not going to see Ahsoka back in the main universe for a while. I feel like even season two, if would they give us a season two, I don't think we'll see her back in the same universe. Um, I don't know though. I mean, I could see them going a hundred different right ways here, but. Yeah, it could be one of these things where they spend the entire season getting back, or it could be like the second episode they figure out a way. You know, like yeah, it could be one of those. But look, I'll say this: Ahsoka capping off Mando season one, two, three, Book of Boba Fett. Um, those shows. I'm separating Andor out just because that's a whole other. It's a very different creative team. It's got nothing to do with Favreau or Filoni. But what about Obi Wan? I'm separating that out too because that I feel like that doesn't fall within the same creative camps <laughs> as these. <Okay>. But <laughs> I do. Obi Wan should have been the movie, man. <laughs> There's yeah. so much I love about that series, but it just it, it went on, it dragged a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really like what we're seeing out of Star Wars from Dave Filoni and John Favreau on these. I like that they're embracing the original trilogy and the prequels like visual elements and all that. Like I love the fact that Mando's new starship is the N one Starfighter, but tricked out. Yeah. You know, looking like one of those um souped up coops from uh Hot um, Rods. Yeah, the hot rods yeah. from, from George Lucas's movie uh, American Graffiti. Yeah. I thought I thought that was a really nice callback. I love the fact that we're getting all this. It's like when the sequels came out, it felt like not just from a in universe perspective, but also from like a promotional perspective, they were very anti prequel and very much like trying to relive the original trilogy so much that they try to recreate a lot of things. And I think that that's where they stumbled. But this, I think that this is Star Wars being done right, where you're embracing the weirdness of it, you're embracing the wacky stuff too, and living within that world. And I think that that, to me, I think for the first time in a while, I feel like the franchise is in good hands. And I'm excited to see where they take it. Um, I have my, you know, my gripes about the show, but I, I think ultimately, I thought this was a really, really good uh, show. Probably the most, the most George Lucas of Star Wars stuff that we've gotten out of Disney up to this point. Uh, and to me, at least, I feel like this really gave uh, Hayden Christensen some time to, to shine 
in the role that I feel like he was kind of done dirty a little bit in the past. Yeah, I'm really happy to see the fans have come around on him. Um, even though he had to go through years of trauma from getting made fun of and yeah. criticized. But I uh, I totally agree. I think the thing that I can most look forward to or that we can both look forward to is eventually this gathery episode will come out with the director's commentary on uh, choices and a lot of behind the scene cuts. And those are always great from the star Wars crew. So I'm really looking forward to that. That'll at least tide us over for a little bit, but um, I don't know. Hopefully we can get something end of 2024 if they can uh, rush it and surprise us. But if it's one of those things where it's like they have to rush it and it comes out as a bad product, I'd almost rather them just take their time and, you know, execute it properly. Apparently we're getting in February, we're supposed to get skeleton crew. And then I think uh, they said that they're ready to shoot Mando season four. As soon as the, the actor strikes are done. Well, alrighty then. Any last thoughts on the, on Ahsoka before we wrap it up? Uh, not enough Lizzo, and we should have had a Jack Black episode. And you heard it here, folks. <laughs> People are calling for it. <laughs> Only person with that opinion. Should we call it done? <laughs> <laughs> well done at this point. Well, yeah, it is very. And well on that done. note, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.